It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. So we say, we always say the Black Pepper Party, that they can do the day they want you to. We might not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you remember I said, with the last words on my lips, I am a revolutionary. Revolution comes with a price tag You were slave to a flag in a country that clearly doesn't love you When they probably never have told you turn the other cheek And they made it with a bad fucking protest in them sit-ins Told you go fight in the war Vietnam, you died good riddance The man of the house rule took you from your siblings Turned around and pump crap right up in your city And they just turned all your leaders to martyrs You was off in the war, now who was guarding your daughters? It was riots in the streets, killed Malcolm and Martin Called the National Guard up because we ride with our guard up And I was burning your guard, it's like an amendment on the plot to you. Everything that they taught you was a lie to you. See, they scared of your skin and they dying to shoot. Take the American dream and then you die to pursue. One day it'll all make sense. If it ain't about power, then it don't make sense. But none of that money matters when you live in madness. The one that you figure out that all you got is this. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Right on. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Right on. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Good afternoon, you are tuned in to Black Talk Radio News right here on the Black Talk Radio Network. My name, of course, is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines known as USA Inc. Today's date is September the 1st, 2015. This year is almost over. I swear, 2015 just flew by. We're almost at the end of it. Um, Today, we do have a guest for you. Uh, we will be joined by black independent media producer Hassan Hayes, who has been a guest on the program in the past to discuss his platform, Hood News. Uh, he will share some of his new media projects, including the Army of Thinkers movement. So we'll be looking forward to uh, speaking with Brother Hassan here in just a bit. Um, you may have heard his voice as one of the uh, station identification promos that we play or clips that we play is is Hassan um, saying, yeah, all right, talking about Black Talk Radio. So anyway, uh, once we get through speaking with our brother Hassan Hayes, uh, we will take a look at the news. Yesterday, I talked about the proxy tool of the racist system, David Clark, Sheriff David Clark, who said that black activists are black slime and need to be eradicated. Well, guess what? He's being sued, or I should say, you know, he's named personally in the lawsuit, but they're suing the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department. And the person that is suing 
his department and naming him is a young white woman. And she's suing him for civil rights violations after the sheriff's department tried to frame her up on a drunk driving charge when it was the deputy who actually crashed into her car, ran a stop sign, crashed into her car, and then charged her with drunk driving. And then there was video of the crash of the accident, and they hid it. They hid the evidence for about 10 months, knowing that this cop had lied. I don't know if he was a cop or a deputy, but the sheriff's department had had the uh, evidence, the video, and they sat on it for 10 months and to cover up, you know, this crime. So that's pretty interesting, all right? And so, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that some more. Uh, James O'Keefe, do y'all remember James O'Keefe, the uh, racist white male? filmmaker i forgot the name of of the particular website but um yeah i can't remember what he was calling it back then but they are the ones that doctored the video that was uh called shirley sherrod to get fired from her job and it was another organization that helps poor people and stuff that they had edited the video and he got dressed up like he was some kind of pimp and then you know they they videotaped him like he was going into the office to get help uh but that ain't what he was actually wearing when he went into their office so he is a very deceptive white supremacist who uses media to push white supremacist propaganda well he's in the headlines after a former employee of his was fired for not going among police terrorism protesters to incite violence against the cops. So what this guy was asked to do as an employee of James O'Keefe was to infiltrate uh, police violence demonstrators and then start saying stuff like, yeah, let's kill these cops and things of that nature. So I don't know. He might have hired a black person to go in there and that black person wouldn't do it. You know, I can't imagine, you know, that people would fall for a white person doing that. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen the guy's picture. But, yeah, James O'Keefe is making those headlines again for being deceptive with his media propaganda. Now, Prison Planet. Prison Planet is the website that is run by Alex Jones as well as Infowars.com. But if you go on Twitter, Prison Planet's Twitter is being run by this guy by the name of Paul Joseph Watson. You may have heard me speak about him in the past because I read his book in 2003 called Order Out of Chaos. And it's a pretty good book. It's a pretty good book that shows, um, provides you with evidence and, and you know, mainstream media reports even um, that these governments sponsor terrorism you know like setting up bin laden and al-qaeda to fight against the soviets in afghanistan some people say they are really behind uh this terrorist group in the middle east called isil and so you know it had it, it documented a long history it talked about how the israelis were the ones that originally funded hamas to uh to divide the palestinian movement and so the uh, Israelis funded Hamas to oppose uh, Yasser Arafat's uh, Palestinian Authority. I forget the name of the organization that it was called during the time when Yasser Arafat was still alive. So he he knows about state sponsors of terrorism. Uh, he knows all of that. But 
for whatever reasons, probably because he a racist. All right. For whatever reason, um, he has been writing a whole bunch of articles trying to demonize the Black Lives Matter uh, people that are out there, along with a whole bunch of other people that don't belong to the Black Lives Matter organization. And so he's been just demonizing the entire movement to portray them as being racist and, you know, and also uh, trying to get them um, listed as a hate group and, and just really engaging in a whole lot of race baiting. And so here you got this site website, Prison Planet, which I first became aware of in 1999. And I will tell you, I got a, a lot of uh, information on the system and how it works from them. All right. But it's called Prison Planet. You would think that they would write articles about mass incarceration, which we know should correctly be called uh, modern day slavery or a continuation of slavery in this country. All right. You would think they would be putting out a whole bunch of articles and how everybody's trying to enslave us and. And, you know, they always Alex Jones is known for speaking out against the police state. But for whatever reason, when it comes to black people opposing the police state, oh, yeah, prison planets taking a different tack and they're actually backing the police state and trying to turn the public against these black people who are out there in the streets, you know, organizing against the police state. And so, yeah, those are some of the stories that uh, we want to talk about here today. But I do believe we are joined by our guest, uh, Brother Hassan Hayes. Do we have you on the line, sir? What's going on, brother? Um, just surviving best I can behind these enemy lines. How about you? Our brother, we fighting. I'm here with um, Brother Claudie Godbody. He's going to be joining me today for this interview. And we got a whole lot of stuff going on behind these enemy lines, brother. A whole lot to talk about. Most certainly, most certainly. Um, can you just, you know, for those who may not have heard you on the program in the past, because it's been a while, you know, sadly, it's been a while since you've been a guest on Black Talk Radio News. But just tell people a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, you're former military like myself. You got the GI Bill, like I went in there to get the GI Bill, and you used that GI Bill to um <clears throat> excuse me get a degree working in the media field and and so now you're operating as a black independent media producer but can you you know just just you know for uh people who've never heard of you give them uh some more information about you and and the work you're doing okay no problem yeah my name is Hassan Hayes I grew up in South Central LA during the 80s when uh, on Broadway and 112 um, where, where I stayed at was infested with Broadway gangster cribs, so I kind of learned uh, the street element and the, the gang culture. From there, I moved into Culver City, which was a Hispanic project, Mar Vista Gardens, which had the Culver City Threses, who were notoriously black people haters and black killers. So I got both sides of uh, the gang culture from the Latino and the black. From there, I went into the military. I, when I got out of the military, I went uh, to film school to study broadcast journalism. Um, I went to broadcast journalism because I was, you know, when you're in the military, you know, you're always told what to do. So I actually wanted to do I had enough time to think about what I wanted to do, and I wanted to do some direction, um, tell our story, you could say. So when I came out of school, I bought all my own equipment, and I started doing news, which was called Hood News. And Hood News is basically community action news. It's social political news where 
I'm telling our story from our perspective. So what I did was I would track down um, police uh, tactics, police terrorism. I would get um, stories on domestic violence, police abuse, um, uh, gang shootings, gang killings. Um, I, I would follow the ceasefire movement, the, the Nation of Islam, while they were out in the street. Minister Tony Muhammad would go to all these uh, scenes, and um, I would stay in contact with Brother Halim, and they would let me know where they were at, and we would um, be behind enemy lines together, and I'd be getting all the footage. So I did three documentaries. One, the first documentary I did with uh, Billy Boham. The other two documentaries I did with my brother, uh, Claudia Godbody, um, who actually met me while I was um, doing the hood news and he was inspired by it and we had a mutual friend. So our mutual friend uh, connected us. Um, so yeah, I've been doing hood news for a long, long time. Then I kind of got, um, you know, had a, had a child and then I went, I got in some trouble. So I had to kind of fall back from being out there like I was, but I still do hood news. Um, and I just really jump started it with uh, the justice for Elf LA movement. Uh, that's the 1010. That's the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. So I'm doing the official media for that right now. And that's got me back into the hood news spirit. And I'm talking to people about justice and what justice means to them. And when they hear the or else, most people say or else what? So I'm getting a lot of interviews about um, or else or, you know, what the or else means. So we, we got the Army of Thinkers movie. We got the hood news apparel going. And we still influence in mind, you know, we influence Kendrick Lamar, we influence Nipsey Hussle, we influence Tiger, we influence all these, what, Damani, all these West Coast hip hop acts because we did interviews for them and we were inside of their circle. So when you hear that conscious message they, they come in with, they were inspired by Hood News because we built with all these brothers. So that's good that they had like a conscious influence to bring into the music. So now we're also doing music as well. We have a group called No GMO. That's no genetically modified organisms because we want to keep it 100% real and um, build up our community the right way through uh, natural, healthy eating. Yeah, I will, uh, actually checked out that video today and shared it across our social, social, um, media accounts because, you know, that is an important area. Um, that I think that our people, now there are a lot of people talking about GMOs, uh, but they're mostly non-black people talking about GMOs. But when you really think about it, you know, our people have been, our health has been targeted through, you know, poor access yeah. to healthy foods and things of that nature. Now they coming on with the, with the GMOs and that should be scary because, you know, the old saying, you are, what you eat? Well, what the hell are you eating? Well, you you know, are you gonna turn into a genetically modified organism? So yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think that has a lot to do with our what we eat is our behaviors because there are no McDonald's in Beverly Hills out here in California, and we have a um and there's not a lot of organic stores. There's no juice bars. Um, there's no Whole Foods in the neighborhood. There's no Trader Joe's in the neighborhood. Um, all we have is fast food. We have liquor stores. We have Chinese restaurants, and we have a ton of chicken shacks. And that chicken is GMO. That's not farm-raised chicken. The mm -hmm. fish, like these fish marks, aren't farm-raised fish. If they're farm-raised fish, where basically they're not getting uh, GMO food, then they're organic fish. But we're getting fish directly from Japan, directly uh, full of mercury and radiation. So that's a, a we poison ourselves through, even through the fish. So we're just educating our people right now on um, these GMOs. And I got my brother, uh, Claudia Godbody. He knows a lot 
about this stuff as well because we study this all the time. I'm going to introduce him uh, to the radio program and let him say a few words as well. Okay. Peace, family. How y'all doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this, uh, today. So, yeah, give us a little bit of background about yourself before we start talking about, you know, the No GMO um, uh, Monsanto music video. I show you right. Yeah, so I, I came up in um, L.A. Uh, just like the brother Hassan. You know, my folks is from uh, my mother. I'm like the first generation. I was born in, you know, in, in Los Angeles, California, from Chicago. So we came up in Compton, South Central, Watts, and stuff like that. And you know, I came up in like that the the, the gang era and stuff like that. And you know, I lost a lot of family members. You know, a lot of the male family members from this, you know, the, the system, you know, gang banging, uh, drugs and, you know, white supremacy. So, uh, I always wanted, you know, always wanted to know about myself and always wanted to know, you know, I always had a concern about the plight that we we're living in, but no one ever gave me a good point of reference. You know, my father was murdered, you know, in, in South Central. My mother, she, uh, found refuge in the church. So, you know, churches, uh, doubts and white supremacy. So they don't really get you to the root issue. Mm-hmm. So it was only like, you know, it was only a band-aid. You know, it, it kind of gave me time to, you know, figure out who I am and what I am. But I didn't get a chance to listen to, you know, ministers like, you know, like Malcolm X, uh, Minister Farrakhan, uh, you know, Marcus Garvey, uh, you know, any anything, anything like that that's, that's pro-us, sort of get it. So, uh, you know, naturally, I, I grew up and, you know, once I got to hear a message like that, something that's potent, something that, you know, that applies to me and something that I can work with, then I started to grow and get to know myself, you know, and then, then I, you know, uh, fast forward, I met the brother Hassan Hayes. I was, uh, I had family that was working in the music industry and stuff like that. And one of our mutual friends came by the studio one day and dropped off the Hood News documentary. And we we're all like, whoa. So we all pressed, pushed pause on our studio session to watch this documentary and take a break. And all the brothers in there was moved by, you know, it was brothers in there that were gang banging and artists, you know, just different kind of artists in there. And everybody was moved by, and I was touched by it. And I was like, man, if I ever meet these, these brothers, I'm jumping on board. I'm, I'm going to work with them. And I want to do something for my people, you know, something that I'll live myself. So I got the opportunity to do that. And, you know, that was 10 years ago. And, you know, we've been building ever since on, the, you know, the Hood News brand and projecting our imagery of ourselves via, you know, uh, uh, multimedia, film, music, and now we have, you know, Hood News Apparel. So it's, it's a beautiful journey, and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we have a long way to go, and it's an awesome legacy. So tell us, oh, I'm kind of confused about something. Is No GMO the name of the hip-hop group, or is that the name of this track? Right, 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 right. The, the hip-hop group, the duo, is called No GMO. Okay. So yeah, that's our that's our group. Me and the son Hayes, we're no GMO, and that's the, that's a rap group, brother. Okay, so what what inspired you know? And, and I know it sounds like a silly question, but I just want you to expand upon it. But I mean, what inspired yeah. Monsanto the music video? What inspired that? Man, we wrote that. Uh, we actually like, you know, uh, like I wrote the hook to the song and stuff like that a while ago. Mm-hmm. And just put it on chill. I wasn't really that much into doing like music, but uh, Hassan Hayes, he you know he was in the studio. He was just barricaded, knocking out music. And it sounded real good. And I was just like, you know, one day if 
you know, I'm just going, I'm, I'm going to run it by him. And, you know, if you want to build on it, it's cool. I'm just happy I did like a hook. So, you know, the brother actually like, you know, put me on to just rapping. He was just like, man, just, just, just spit your bars, you know, just rap you better. So, you know, I, I, I got in the studio, I started rapping and, you know, uh, a producer brought the beat in and it was just all came together organically. And, you know, it was, it was just like the, the universe that, that put that together. So, uh, of course, with, with, with our, you know, with our, uh, uh, wanting to live a good quality of life and us fighting for social justice, us fighting for our culture, us fighting for our lives every day in this, in this, this hell that we're living in, you know, naturally we want some organic food, you know what I'm saying? And me working, I have some, uh, experience working in the food industry. So, you know, I know, I know what good food is, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, working in like the white folks, white folks in the suburbs at these restaurants, I used to go to the farmer's market and go literally pick, buy the food, get the food for the, uh, for the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I didn't see in the hood. In the hood, I worked at Soul Food Restaurant as well. It was just all slop. It was slave food. So I'm just like, man, why, why it got to be like that? You know what I'm saying? Mm. I see this Monsanto documentary and shit like that. And I'm just like, you know, it, 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 it angers me with a passion. So this song right here is, is you know, it, it, it was just natural. It, it came out, I, I, man, it was done in an hour. Mm. Everybody, the video was done, the concept was done, and, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, we, this, this project came together and our message is clear, and I just, you know, I just think it's a beautiful song. Well, if, if you would, why don't, let's go ahead and uh, let our listeners hear this track. So will you introduce the track, Monsanto, by the group No GMO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my name is Claudia Godbody. You know, I'm, I'm one half of No GMO. Yeah, I'm Hassan Hayes, the second half. The second half, this is our, uh, we are No GMO. This is our song, Monsanto. Listen to this song and think that everywhere you go, they only sell McDonald's in the, the the poor neighborhoods. They don't sell McDonald's in Santa Monica, Venice, and Beverly Hills. They only sell McDonald's where you live. So check this out. This is Monsanto by us, no GMO. No seed in my fruit, no seed in my veggie, genetically modified, burn in my belly. Agricultural, chemical, pesticide, mineral, marker, the beast is spiritual. Organic, organic, going through panic, my health is in hazard. I'm digesting plastic, they eating good food, spilling wine from regrets, living lavish. They cloning the seeds, the preachers, the priests, living in feces. Booty for Mickey, these acting like monkeys. Children obese, eating chucky cheese pieces, just cheesing. They're killing the bees, replacing divinity. Who are these guys with this negative energy? You can't replace photosynthesis and synergy. Biotech seeds, we can't grow, are you kidding me? 
Versace, Versace, Obama signed paper, did beautiful people believe he was hero, gorilla, just sheep for the protest of people, the farmers and shimmers provision. Why you was fixated on gay marriage? He was conspiring for killing your insides. The senator, Robert Mikowski signed HR 933. Read it. Your dollar, your power, your dollar, your power. So don't be a dummy. Do good to your temple and tummy. Plan what you can. Raise your right hand. Support local farmers wherever you can. Work out the system. Work out the system. You've been warned. Here's your provision. What's your position? Lay in the dirt or start the ignition. Turn up. Turn up. Hey, no cheat your moan. No cheat your moan. No cheat your moan. Masanto, 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 Masanto. These niggas, Masanto, these hoes, Masanto, these shows, Masanto. These cracks, Masanto, the fools, Masanto, away from me, Prato. You say that you love your kids, but you take them to feed them and What? I'm a god, that's so true. I don't eat, that's so cool. You take my story, you switch it up, but you say it's yours, that's so rude. All I be doing is searching and reading and eating like vegans. All you be doing is clubbing and drinking and acting like heathens. Cultural treason, these niggas be cool and genetically ruin autism. It's ruined. They ain't got no love for no black life. And they ain't got no love for no plant life. For every young brother that get gunned down, that's another cop that getting gunned down. God body, what's the revelation for the revolution? Fuck the prosecution. Hey, no cheat your mom. No cheat your mom. No cheat your mom. Masanto, 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 Masanto. These niggas, Masanto, these hoes, Masanto, these shows, Masanto. These crackers, Masanto, the fools, Masanto, away from me, Pronto. You say that you love your kids, but you take them to feed them and damn all right all right that was the music video monsanto by no gmo and uh we are joined by both the members of that group of course and so what has been the reaction to the video uh by the community what kind of feedback are well, actually actually the community has been very open to it and understanding though most of them have never heard of monsanto really we did a show yeah we did a show last week friday for a bunch of youngsters everybody in there was about 25 and under but when they saw us, they said, you guys are going to rap about some real shit, huh? I started rolling. I'm like, yeah. So after we did, so after we did the song, they was like, oh, man, we needed that. Oh, man, that was good. So we broke down what Monsanto was, and they was just like, they put two and two together, and they, they understood. You know, so we had, we sidebarred with about eight brothers after the show for about two hours, talking about building our communities, uh, the Justice or Else movement. You know, what needs to happen. We talked about 12 years of slaves and all type of different stuff, all type of different stuff. And it was good because these brothers, you know, they was tattooed up. So they, it, it broke the stereotype that we can't have these discussions with the, the younger generation who got these tattoos or might have saggy pants or what have you. Um, they really have strong minds. and They was really open to um, something new. And, um, of course, you know, everybody, every time somebody sees the music video, they're blown away. They're like, okay, this is real. This is real. A lot of females really, really love and call it real. So 
you know, I know what it is, but I'm happy we're getting that result from the community. I mean, the fact that, you know, these brothers and uh, sisters that you had talked to had never heard of Monsanto just goes to show you how how we, well, I'm not going to say we and indict everybody, but those people, those people, black people that's being showcased in corporate media have really failed to inform our people on a lot of important issues. And, and so usually they won't address them unless we make them address them. And I see this music video as being a part of the broader education movement to educate the masses on the dangers of of uh genetically modified foods and, and whatnot and it may force you know uh so-called quote-unquote leaders in our communities to start addressing these issues most definitely it most definitely will because everything right now is edu entertainment you know it's education and entertainment so if we could appeal if we could appeal with what the mainstream is doing but with the message mm-hmm. we win because Truth is seeded in all of us. Once we hear it, it waters that seed. Mm -hmm. So we're able to accept it and have that truth grow within us. It just needs to get watered, especially if you've never heard of it. It was a lot of things I'd never heard of in life Mm -hmm. until later in life. Mm -hmm. So these things that I know, I just want to spring it on the kids, you know, because they're, they're the ones who, they're the ones who getting pulled out the car, getting beat, shot, um, eating McDonald's and Burger King, Taco Bell and Del Taco and all this crap, thinking it's cool, wondering why they get lightheaded and they're not feeling good and they're, or they have an autism, they're getting all these, these shots and, you know, it's a lot going on. So we need to speak about, about that. So me and uh, Claudia Godbody, we just took it upon ourselves to put hood news in a musical form as mm-hmm. well as doing our interviews. We want to put it in a musical form as well and not lose any of our integrity. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly, with your permission, would like to add this track to our playlist for our station, if I have your permission to do that. Oh, my, my brother, brother Scott, you know you got it. All right. Well, I still oh, got to ask. You know what I'm saying? I got to ask. Yeah, yeah, sir. Um, yes, sir. Speaking about, about music, now, we know that um, the, what, what what's the name of this film that just came out in, about N.W.A.? Oh, straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. Thank you. I forgot the name of of, of the movie. And that Did has, you watch it? No, I haven't watched it. I, I don't. I don't plan to watch it either. It's on bootleg online, and I still won't watch it, man. Uh, because right. yeah, because you know, like uh, talking about the music, you know, and that has brought this conversation among conscious black folks and conscious artists is you know not solely blaming N.W.A. but N.W.A. I felt like, you know, was part of a COINTELPRO operation because, you know, prior to uh, when N.W.A. came out in 1987, who was dominating the charts but Public Enemy, you know, and, and KRS-One and, and you, we had all this conscious hip hop, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, you know, N.W.A., these were young brothers who were exploited, who were given money. To put a message out there by white supremacists to that then led to popularizing that genre called gangster rap and you know the music industry or the music that's coming out of the corporate uh industry hasn't been the same since man and so you know I just applaud your effort along with the other 
you know, conscious artists that are still putting music out there, even though y'all not getting any radio airplay. You know, it's still got to right. be done, you know, because as long as we have access to these social media platforms, we can reach people. We may not be able to reach as many people as those that are, you know, put on the corporate white man's radio um, but we still can reach people and, it, and it's all about reaching, you know, who you can and who knows, you know, at, at some point that message may spread among the masses. So you got to put it out there. So I applaud the yes, effort. Sir. Yeah. Thank you. Sir. I mean, so what are your yeah, thoughts? I, I, what are your thoughts on straight out of Compton? Well, my thoughts are, um, cause I actually saw the movie mm -hmm. and, but I, the thing is about NWA, I was 10 years old when I got straight out of Compton. Like, I had the album. I lived in a gang-infested neighborhood, so when I heard it, it was spot on exactly what I saw in my window. Right. Exactly. So I looked up to those guys. I looked up to Eazy-E. Like, I know it's funny, but I looked up to Eazy-E. I was like, oh, man, they real. I'm 10 years old at the same time. Right. Um. So detoxing myself out of all, because I'm from the West Coast, so I had to detox myself out of, like, the gangster rap stuff, because I still was listening to um, Boogie Down Productions and Public Enemy heavy at the same time, but it was like, oh, these guys are from here. So I knew a lot of that stuff before I saw the movie. It wasn't really nothing in the movie that I saw that I didn't either read about or know about from studying hip-hop. And um, I just think that the movie at this time, what's going on with all these injustices, mm -hmm. it's propaganda because it's like the billboards are everywhere, you know, and this gangster image is everywhere. We need something like, a, um, it would have been better to have like a Public Enemy or a, a BDP movie come out or X-Clan movie come out, you know, something socially conscious and aware. Though they focused the movie around uh, the song Fuck the Police, which is which was good. Um I think it was an excellently shot movie, cinematography-wise. It was a good movie. had a good storyline. It had great actors in it, taking nothing away from them. It was a great production. Um, but do we need that message right now, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. let, let so, me. I don't knock them because, you know, I was an NWA fan. Mm -hmm. But the Straight Outta Compton movie, you know, it was like the, the good part about the movie was, you know, um, it did do some, some education on like the, the AIDS thing, how easy died. That kind of had the brothers around me, you know, spooked. They, <laughs> them brothers were spooked. Like, oh man, I wearing condoms every time. I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's a lot, of, it, it's a lot to that. But, um, overall, the movie, the movie was okay. I really have no opinion. I grew up in it. And it's, my opinion sways back and forth because it's like, on one hand, the movie is not needed with all the imagery everywhere with, NWA all over everywhere in LA, all over these billboards, bus stops, everywhere mm -hmm. uh, with the injustices going on. But I understand that they did make a movie. I mean, they did have a time in history and they did have a legacy. Though so it wasn't a good legacy for black people at all because mm -hmm. it was drawn by theme music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's like art and life. It, it's just, it's, just, it's kind of like yeah. hard to... Um, I mean, I you feel know, I, I feel where you're coming from now. In 1987, when they came out, I was actually in the military. That was my first year in the military. I think I was like 20 years old, just about to turn 20, 21. And, and so, uh -huh. you know, I was listening to the music as well. And, you know, I don't, okay. we could use the phrase, these brothers was keeping it real. They were giving us straight commentary from off the street. You know what I'm saying? But at the, right. at, at the same time, I don't think that, 
we really realized that the corporate media was really just uh, providing a soundtrack to the crack ep- epidemic. We didn't see it. Exactly. Yeah, we we didn't and like you mentioned, you know, soundtrack to drive by shootings and, and, and promoting that. And just to be objective and impartial. I also see them as being victims. I'm talking about Easy E, Ice Cube, because they were just young dudes. You know what I'm saying? They were just young right, dudes, right. and I don't know what their background was at that time. I don't know if they had read Malcolm X biography or they, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what the influences on their life was, you know, but perhaps the only influence they had was the streets. And so that was reflected in the music, but I put the onus on the uh, corporate music industry for seeking out young brothers like that to exploit them for a different agenda. And, and so I don't expect I didn't I don't expect them at that age to know how they were being used as tools. So I give them some slack there. But on the flip side of that, when Ice Cube today as a 40 something year old man cannot acknowledge that it the um the con- the contribution that that music made to misogyny and disrespecting our sisters, and he uses an excuse like, well, the- well they wasn't nothing. They were hoes and this and that. You know, well, I was thinking to myself, you know, if they was hoes and all of that, how did Easy E get A's? You know, he must have been getting down with them hoes. And, and I was like, you know, it- it's just as a grown man now, you would think that he would come around and see and acknowledge the damage that was done, you know, and, and the misogyny that was promoted through that music. So maybe he's just being defensive. Maybe he does really get it, but he doesn't want to say it. I, I don't know, bro. What What's your take on it? Well, um, you remember back in that time, you know, we had the conscious groups and, Nobody, people's referring to women as honeys, right. if you remember right. that. Honeys and queens. As soon as NWA dropped, everybody like, that's my bitch. It just, bitch became the, that bitch ain't shit. That became normal. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen into NWA, as I remember as a kid. A Claudia. Yeah, I mean, you had like, you had like the public enemy. You had, uh, you had Boogie Down production, that era. It was like the house parties were cool. And the women were like queens and honeys and every, you know, black people had like the social consciousness that, you know, they weren't going, you weren't going to get shot up at a party, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. then you got Ruthless Records came out. The name Ruthless, you know, carried the whole, their whole attitude. So after that, then it's like, okay, how parties are getting shot up? You got this gang shit popping off. And then it kind of scared everyone from the house parties, you know what I'm saying? Standing next to communities, having a good time. So, you know, out here, we got pushed like started going to uh, clubs in Hollywood. And then Hollywood started, like, capitalizing off of us from the police giving us tickets mm-hmm. to uh, the parking being $25 a car to the drinks being, you know what I'm saying? You're just spending like, uh, $200 a person just to have a good time when you could have, you know, had a good time in your community, but you don't feel like it's safe. So you want to go to Hollywood and, you know, right, uh, that's, right. money, that's, that's money leaving uh, the community right there. So I just kind of felt like that, you know, um, the NWA movement did more bad than good. Uh, I would certainly have to agree with that assessment. Listen, I want to take a station identification break. And I want to ask y'all, before we get into some of the other projects uh, that you are involved in, you both are involved in, like the Army of Thinkers, 
Um, I want to mm-hmm. ask y'all about a new film. Well, it's not a new film, but a remake of Roots. Cause I have, I have some trepidation about Roots being remade. And I'll share those with you in the listening audience. And I want to get, uh, some feedback. But let, hey, let me, um, Give the phone number out if anybody wants to make a comment or a ask a question of our guest today. Give us a call on the conference line. It's 641-715-3660. The uh, participant code is 549032-POUND. Uh, greetings to those who are already dialed in and listening. Hit star six and want to comment on air. Uh, we will get to your calls in, in just a bit. Also, if you are outside of the U.S. and you would like to call in, Long as you got a headset for your computer, you can use the web-based flash phone and make a free call from anywhere in the world. The third way to get in is to call us on the studio line, 704-951-5030. We'll take this station identification break, and then we'll be back on the other side. tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Again, my name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines that I call USA Inc. Uh, We have on the line with us today, uh, our um, brother Hassan Hayes, and I'm sorry, man, my brain is kind of fried right now. What's the other brother's name? What's your name again, brother? Oh, I'm sorry, I got y'all muted. I'm sorry. Uh, what's the what's, um? The yeah. kitchen, I think. What's your name again, brother? Uh, my name is Claudie Godbody. Okay. My last name is Godbody. <laughs> All right, Brother Godbody. All right, we got Brother Hassan yeah. Hayes and Brother Godbody on the line. I will check the phone lines in just after I get them to answer this question. Now, brothers, I was on Twitter the other day, and I see that uh-huh. they are about to remake the film Roots, you know, based on Alex Haley's book. And this was my reaction to to hearing that news is, you know, I'm tired of seeing black people suffering on the big screen and that I will continue my boycott of Hollywood because I don't want to see those type of films. When are we going to see a film about any one of the hundreds of African rebellions that occurred on this continent, that occurred in South America, that occurred in Haiti, that occurred in in Cuba, that occurred all over the place, you know? And and so people want to, like, credit a white man, a racist white supremacist like Lincoln with freeing us from chattel slavery which again slavery was never abolished according to the 13th amendment but those people were pushed 
into doing something about slavery uh, during that period because they were afraid of all the African rebellions like the Nat Turners, the Denmark Vessies and the others who were cutting heads off the oppressor. And so that's what really uh, fueled the early abolitionist movement. It wasn't because those were good white people concerned about black people being enslaved and, and thought it was inhumane. Many of them were afraid of the African rebellions and so I'm just I'm just tired of I don't want to see another remake of Roots. If I want to see black people being abused, I can go on Facebook and see any of these cop watch videos of cops brutalizing exactly. our people. If I want to be visually terrorized, I can just go to social media and be visually terrorized. So so what are your thoughts on the remake of Roots? Well, first, bro, my thoughts uh Okay, so like film and art and stuff like that, when you look at film and art, it affects you psych uh, psychologically. So these people, they know that. These people are science, they're social scientists, and it's engineered. The film industry is engineered to shape your reality. So if they keep making movies like NWA, they keep making movies like uh, 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 with Kevin Hart being like a, you know, the black man being a clown, a comedian, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, not a scientist, not a serious family man, then... You know, all these, these negative imagery is going to shape our, our children and our reality. And, you know, they don't want to make, you know, they don't want to, uh, contribute to us building up a nation for ourselves and being self-sufficient and being, you know, humans, uh, uh, normal humans again. So, you know, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a weapon and it's, you know, it's war, uh, waged against the uh, film industry. So I think, you know, we just need to uh, withdraw from that and, and, and make our own and fund our own independent art film. Uh, film projects. And I think Roots is, remaking Roots is a waste of money, first of all. Um, Roots terrorized my mind as an eighth grader when my, I went to all white junior high when they bust me out from South Central because I have 4.0 grades. They said, you can't go in anymore. You got to go learn with the whites. So as I was learning with the whites, Miss Harper, I'll never forget her name. It was a Thursday. She said, Hey, class, we're going to watch a movie today. Everybody cheered because when you get to watch a movie in first period, it's like, oh, oh man, we on. It was the history class. Only if Hassan wants to watch the movie. I'm like, don't put it all on me. Hell yeah, I want to watch a movie. So she said, okay, we're going to watch a movie, and it's called Roof by Alex Haley. Mm. And she pressed play. My God, did my world change that morning. I never knew we were slaves. I didn't even know what color was in the eighth grade. I didn't know any of that. So to see that, my mind just put everything together. Okay, no wonder why there's ghettos, there's gangs and helicopters, the projects, and these white kids in Woodland Hills, living in the hills, we playing walkie-talkie, and just acreage of land. It's like they have no worries. Then I started putting everything together. Oh, we were brought here against our will and to force um, servitude, not giving education when we got out of forced servitude, not getting everything, just go on with your way, boy. We wasn't written to the 13th Amendment of the Constitution, so we was emancipated. So I learned everything, and that's who I became, like, from that movie. So I don't think that movie needs to be made to hurt any more children psychologically. So um, death to the director of the Roots movie. Mm -hmm. And you Negroes out there who they're casting be slaves, me and God, body want to line you all up, and slap the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's my thought. <laughs> I mean... Negroes, this is bad, brother, because 
instead of them being in the actors union and boycotting, I said, we're not doing that shit. They, they quit to line up. They quit to, they want to be the best slave they can be. These casting came out the best film school, ready to pay the best slave they can be. Mm-hmm. I can't get down with that. I'm, I mean, some people are saying some of the commentary I was reading on Twitter about hearing about the remake of Roots was like, yeah, this new generation need to be exposed to it and, and this and that. Now, I get the point about each and every generation. You know, we should never forget our Holocaust. But in the movie of Roots, if my if I rec- uh, recollect it correctly, I didn't really see any kind of black resistance to white supremacy in no. that film. None. No. None. It was a lot of N-word. It was a lot of beatings. It was a lot of torture on camera. Tons of torture. Tons of um, dialogue that was horrible, especially for young eyes and ears. You know, and that's well, I think they, they, they said it. They want a new generation to see it so they can mess your mind up like they did mine. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our parents, my parents, I should say, should have taught me what slavery was like early. So when I did see it, it wouldn't have been a shock to me. It'd have been like, oh yeah, I learned about this, but I also learned that we were great. We was only enslaved for 300 years, but we were, we was rulers for millions of years. So. 300 years is a nip in the bud. We, we, we going to persevere and um, push through because I know who I am, but I have no knowledge of self. And the kids that they're going to show this film to have no knowledge of self. So before you see a Roots movie, gain knowledge of self and understand where we came from, who we are, what we built, what our melanin means. And then, yeah, you could probably watch Roots and it can give you a little ammo for, um, to do better as well. And, you know, to learn that part of history of what happened. Because that part of history is very, very important, but the knowledge of self is more important before you see a movie like Roots. And I just feel like also that 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 story can be told in a different context. I mean, you still learning about the enslavement of Africans on this continent if you show a film about Nat Turner's rebellion. If you show a film about Gabriel Prosser's rebellion, if you do a movie about Sojourner Truth, if you do a movie about Harriet Tubman, Tubman. you see what I'm saying? You can still tell that story about the history of enslavement, but not to where blacks are just, you know, roots kind of make it look like, you know, we were just a bunch of passive black people who just accepted what our master did. We adopted the religion and, and, you know, here we are now. We, we are, we persevered with, with humility and, and all this and that. And, and I just, man, I ain't feeling, I'm not feeling roots, man. <laughs> and, yeah, they, they, I, I wish they would make the, um, the Nat Turner story, that would be a great movie for all the white children to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mainstream America, because it can at least show, it can show slavery like they want to show, and then it can show a rebellion that not everybody was with that. You mm-hmm. know, and then it can show uh, a good white man and John Smith, you know. You mean John Brown. So, and then they, they, John Brown, excuse me, John Brown. So now you got, you got all sectors. You know, you got your white hero, uh, you got your black villain. Um, you have a great story, and you have triumph. That's a great film. Mm-hmm. That should be made. Mm-hmm. You know but what? It's gonna take one of us to make. It's gonna take one of us to make that film. Somebody who's uh, not a part of um, the arm. You know, entertainment industry is the arm of the government. Right. So it is. you know, those guys, those, those entertainer guys, are very, very scared to put out anything black and anything real. Real and black is like almost a no go. 
that, it is a no-go. Nothing out here is real and black, you know, on the mainstream level, if you really look at it. So, because, um, you know, the Jews will cut their money off or probably cut their balls off, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know they're, they're in complete fear. Maybe they don't have knowledge of themselves. So I, I really don't know. It looks like fear and the lack of knowledge itself. Because, yeah, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, brother, but uh, also, like, the slave narrative is, like, white people in America, they like to begin their genesis in America. You know, they like to talk about America because it's a great time for them. They came here. They gangsters some land. The forefathers, you know, uh, brought black people, enslaved black people over here. So they built this, they built this house up. So this is their house. And, you know, they like to, uh, our, the slave narrative began, you know, in America, we began as slaves in this, uh, corporate, you know, USA. So mm-hmm. I don't think they like to go beyond that. They like to stay at that point. And, uh, that's where they were good at. You know, that's like, yeah. their, that's like the, the golden years. That's their golden years. Most so, certainly, most certainly. Let's uh let's hit up let's hit up the phone lines. Uh we got a caller area code four one four. Thanks for uh calling in. Go ahead with your question or comment. Uh thanks for taking the call, Brother Scotty, and thank you for the platform. Uh greeting to you and the guests. Uh pretty much in agreement with uh everything in the conversation has been pretty lively. Uh I'm chiming in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, home of Sheriff David Clark. Oh my goodness! Um, it's, it's quite the pressure cooker right now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, man, my question I'm is, yeah, man, that's, that's saying the least. Uh, my question is for you, brothers. Um, for a person that's uh, uh, from the Midwest that's looking to move out west, California specifically, mm-hmm. is there any? Um, is there any direction that you would give to a person that's fresh to California, maybe on an area to go to? Um, and that's it. No, thanks for taking the call, Brother Scott. You're welcome. Um, good areas to live in. A uh, brother that's coming out here will be uh, Alwyn Hills, Lamarck Park, Inglewood, um, some parts of South Central, you know, Windsor Hills, Madera. Um, yeah, just, just come out here with a plan because it's. Um, it moves really, really fast out here, um, and um, stay focused on it's, it's a lot of pitfalls and traps out in L.A. That's I, all I can say about that. God, body. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, L.A. And that, you know, just have, not a lot of people have a skill. You come out here, you have a skill. You might want to import and, a woman, too. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your Midwest woman out here, brother. So um, you won't have to go through these, up, these, these ups and downs. Yeah. Okay, that these real brothers have to go out here. We have to. We, right. we have a lot of ups and downs on here, brother. All right. Uh, my uh, lady is actually a school teacher, um, and I'm looking to uh, start school for human services. So we do have some sort of direction, and uh, I really appreciate that input. And uh, I have been to California. I've been to Fresno. I even uh, I've been through Compton. Went to the Drew League and watched the basketball game and things okay. of that nature. Okay. So I'm a little familiar with the area. But as far as like, I'll share a little story with you. When I was at the game, um, everything was cool. It wasn't no static or nothing like that. But you know, I'm come from the streets myself, and I noticed that uh, when the people that wear the color red came through, the music switched. 
it was like, you know, I noticed the difference. And then for me, I know that that was my cue to, you know, maybe move around. So, you know, I'm a, just, you know, trying to peep the scene and things of that nature. And I want to uh, definitely come out there and be able to stay focused and avoid some of those uh, pitfalls that you guys spoke of. I have yeah, to say yeah, because you the Drew Lees is in Watts, so yeah, it's yeah. You want to kind of stay out of Watts. <laughs> I have to, I I have to say this if I don't if I don't say this um I would you know I I just wouldn't be right if I didn't say this but caller I know I you know you're a pretty regular listener listener to the Black Talk Radio network and I don't know if you had an opportunity to check out that broadcast we did about the radiation fallout from Fukushima and how it's poisoning the atmosphere all the way up until, you know, the Rocky Mountains. But it's still, you know, hitting it. even New Jersey. Uh, Sister Ajali Muhammad was on talking about that. And she was saying, you know, if you live in that area on the West Coast, because it's five states that's showing an increase in, in birth defects that they are attributing to the radiation fallout from Fukushima, 70, 17% increase in birth defects you know since that happened i heard you guys mention earlier about the fish being irradiated you know radiation poisoning yeah. we seeing all these seals you know sick from this and whales washing up on shore and so you know her recommendation was that if you can get out of california if you can get out of any of those five states that's bordering the pacific to do so if you cannot get out of there um, we talked about there are natural remedies, things that you can use, supplements and, and, and vitamins and stuff to uh, clean that radiation out of your system. So I, I just had to say that, bro, because I'm concerned yeah. about you brothers out there on the West, brothers and sisters out there on that West Coast. Um, let me add to that, um, Reed, on that, that it's, it's, a, it's a supplement called a spirulina. Spirulina fights against radiation. It protects you from radiation. So um, go to nuts.com and, rate, uh, excuse me, spirulina is $10 a pound. Um, it, it's also good for your bloodstream. It also uh, decreases high blood pressure. Um, it, it's also a dietary supplement. It also has 50% um, more protein than any meat you can eat. It's a, it's a blue-green algae. It's called spirulina. So if you're going to eat fish and you're going to eat a lot of stuff, make sure you take some spirulina, you know, tablespoon spirulina, $10 a pound, nuts.com, something that I take all the time because, you know, I don't know what's going on out here. So I'm trying to fill yeah, myself. You got to constantly like deep and clean inside. Right. Like that. Yeah. And that, that way you stay, you'll stay on. You won't get sick. You got to protect each other out here. Yeah, cause I mean, that's a serious thing, man, and nobody's even, you know, like we were just talking about, nobody in the black community really talking about GMOs, well, nobody's really talking about the fallout from Fukushima and how we're still being impacted by it. Definitely, if I could just respond to that quickly, um, I have thought about that, Brother Scotty. Okay. Um, and uh, I, at this point, the energy that I felt when I was in California um, man, I haven't felt any energy like that. Um, just even the energy that these brothers are bringing today is right. so different. And, uh, I want to be a part of that. And, um, at this point, um, man, I, I don't even think it really matter. 
<laughs> well, I just wanted to make you aware so that you can at least be aware that, you know, there are supplements and, and you know, natural foods that you can eat to, you know, make sure that, man, you ain't producing no birth defected babies or, you know, what I'm yeah. saying getting sick and stuff, man. So, yeah, I just I just had to warn you, you know, and let people know there is a treatment for that type of stuff, though. Thanks, Brother Scotty, for taking the call. And uh, thanks to you, Brother. And that track was hot, too. Appreciate, oh, I appreciate brother. that, Brother. Give us, uh, look us up when you get down here to L.A., man. I'm on Facebook. Hassan Hayes. Hit me up. Uh, uh, Instagram. At Hassan Hayes. At No GMO Music. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, now, let's jump into, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take um, a station identification break right quick, trying to stay on time with those. And then when we come back, I want to speak to you brothers about the uh, justice or else movement that you said is happening in L.A. Uh, I know you mentioned that you will be traveling out to the uh, anniversary of the Million Man March and that, you know, you will be uh, recording, you know, and reporting out from there so we'll talk about that on the other side you're listening to black talk radio news again this is scotty reed broadcasting from behind enemy lines this is brother elliot first of time for an awakening and you're listening to black talk radio network new media for the new millennium And welcome back. Again, our guest today, uh, we have Brother Hassan Hayes. We got Brother Godbody. Uh, check out their video. Um, I also posted the other video, and we'll talk about that in just a bit, um, that ha- has to do with the Army of Thinkers. But, brothers, y'all were talking earlier about, you know, the Justice or Else movement. And you said that you have been going around asking people, or people have been asking, well, what does the or else mean and i think that's a good question what does that or else mean i imagine it means different things to different people yes it does sir um the or else partially means to me means or else we will boycott or else uh we're gonna go to the streets and turn up or or else means we're gonna put together a strategic plan um for black enterprise, you know, I've been getting a lot of different answers with the or else meant because it means something different to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first step, you know, the minister, Minister Farrakhan was saying was to boycott Christmas. And, you know, I think it will work if we do it collectively. Right. Yes. But individually, it's not going to have an effect. So, you know, I'm curious to go down to 1010 to build with the brothers Build the brotherhood because there's going to be a lot of brothers down there doing a lot of different things from a lot of different places. So I'll, I definitely want to go down there with my army of thinkers and, and, and just build with the brothers. Um, and then, you know, secondary is, you know, hearing, uh, what the minister has to say, but it's definitely to get, get in there with the people and kind of talk to, talk to as many people as possible. Cause I thought the minister is going to deliver, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it's, it's primarily on the ground for me. Right, and it's very, it's very good to be around a million plus black folks who all, you know, that just come in there to, to receive and get some knowledge and just network. So it's gonna be like black heaven. The or else means to me all of the above. That all options must be on the table, and I'm when I say all options, I mean all options. 
and I'll leave it at right. that. So that's what or else mean. I think we might be seeing some or else activity out there now. So, you know. <laughs> right, right. And did you hear about that, that uh, Brother Scotty, that they're going to do the BET Awards the same day as the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March? It's really? going to be on 1010? Wow. No, yeah, I did, so had that, not heard I that. I said I had not heard. This the first I'm hearing of that, but I'm not surprised because I know how proxy yeah, racism they just, works. Yeah, they just they just um, dropped that news today. So I'm like, they putting the artist uh, in a real tight situation because on one end, the BT Awards is their business. Um, you know, they have relationship with those executives down there. Right. And then on the other end, the minister has built relationships with the artists and he wanted them to be a big part of this. So it's going to really, it's really pulling them and we all are going to see who stands where. I guess this is a, a tactic to see who stands where. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it 100. We all know who owns BC. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Viacom. You know, right. So, was this planning, was this Deborah Lee's planning, or was it the higher up, those people that don't want to see us, you know, this is like some nitpicking. Yeah, and they've never had the BT Awards this, this early in October. It's always been, last year it was on the 28th, and the year before that it was in November. So to have, to pick the same date, that was like, wow, wow. But um, we got with Minister, um, Minister, um, Tony Muhammad, we went down to the LA uh, Justice OLS Committee. Um, we sat in on a couple of the meetings, and um, Mr. Tony, you know, you know, they, you know who Mr. Tony is, Brother Scotty. I'm, I'm sure yes. you know who Mr. Yes. Tony Muhammad is. Yes. Yeah. So um, we went down to the LA Committee, and um, we just joined up and volunteered for media. So I did a video. Uh, me and Godbody did a video with Janelle Monet, uh, Judea, and Wonderland as they were um, protesting to stop the terror, stop the police terrorism a march that they had in Hollywood that they showed up and they did their song, um, Hell You Talking About. Um, so I was out there. I got some good interviews, some good footage, and that got the attention of the National Justice Rights Movement people, and they wanted to start. Now they want to start pulling all the videos that Hood News does to their national site. Because they they like they like what we're doing, so I took that as like wow that was that was real real good news because I've been working with the nation on and off for ten years you know so this this is really good so we have a lot more videos on Justice Self they're they're coming right after this interview actually I'll be editing and putting up something so we got okay. a lot of good stuff all right well let's so, talk I'm, about I'm honored, man. Let, let's talk about this new project that you have uh, called the Army of Thinkers. Uh, movement. Now, co- correct me if I'm wrong or, or just clarify for me because when I first saw you post the video or you sent me the video, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is what we need. This, you know, we need to have, since they won't give us access to their television and cable platforms unless we're doing some cooning or, or some other unconstructive type things, it's good to see that here you are creating 
a web series of your own on on using that platform youtube so um yeah army of thinkers is episode one i have posted the video for today's program description so uh, um but then i read what you sent over you know for the press release for today's program and you said that the army of thinkers is a movement so is that two separate things or is army the thinkers web episodes just a part of the broader movement of army of thinkers just explain that to us brother yes sir um the army of thinkers is the movement um and, and within that movement there's a clothing line attached to it which are the army of thinkers shirts um there's a thought process which is um higher education higher knowledge and um building up your community and there's a webisode attached to it as well where we're actually talking about those different things. We're showing a more family-oriented, uh, based, a uh, reality type, uh, a series. So yeah, it's pretty much all those into one. This is actually our real life. It's just being captured and dramatized. Okay. Um, the director of it is Zarian Halley. He actually came to me and said, "It's a guy named Zarian Halley, a good friend of ours. He's an army thinker. Um, he's a DP and a director." He approached me and God body and he said, man, I was, cause we always sitting and talking and building with these brothers and he was like, man, I want to do something with y'all. And we looked at each other, man, we said, we got the perfect thing for you. We don't do an army of thinkers campaign cause that's what we own right now. We got posters flooding the streets of LA. Um, so me, God body and Zarian, we sat down, we pinned it out. Um, we got with, uh, Pamela DePella. She's been in movies with Mac 10 and she, she's a fixture in Hollywood. Um, she's a very, very great actress. Um, we took the script to her. She broke down the script, um, added in, uh, added in another character and we went over it. We went over it. She was just like a drill sergeant making sure she beat that in her head. So I really, really appreciate, uh, Pamela. She got her, um, husband back, uh, back, back Baxter. And uh, we just put it together. We had the camera, the lights and, um, we had our mission. And we just put it together, and now we have more episodes coming on institutionalism, you know, penal mm -hmm. system, gangbanging. Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of stuff coming, uh, the GMO stuff. So we have a bunch more episodes coming, but we want to set the streets on fire with that first one. Mm -hmm. and, and that's being distributed through the Hood News channel on YouTube, right? Yes. Right. And tell people again, I have linked to it, but, you know, we also broadcast through uh, tune-in apps and they may not be on the website. Tell them how to get to, you know, to follow you guys in the work that you're putting out. Okay, you can go to YouTube.com forward slash Hood News TV 247. Um, the music page is SoundCloud forward slash No GMO. The Instagram is no GMO music. Um, another Instagram for Claudia is Claudia God Body Seven. C L A U D I E God Body Seven. I'm Hassan Hayes. That's H A S S A N H A Z E. You can find me on everywhere. That's Hassan Hayes. Google that and it'll pop up. Mm -hmm. Uh, we got another caller. Yeah. Let's go to uh, area code nine seven three. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead with your question or comment. First, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Great. Sometimes I have my thing on muted. Yes. Well, I want to say good afternoon um, to Mr. Reed and also to guests. I don't know your your names, but I know it's two guys there who are talking back and forth in the conversation. Hello. A lot of. Can you hear me? 
Video, we shot that at our local farmer's market at the Baldwin Hills uh, Farmer's Market at the Crenshaw Plaza. So uh, we just encourage our, our loved ones to go to the farmer's market and build a relationship with these farmers who are growing the fruits and vegetables. And then you see if they are spraying their fruits and vegetables with uh, pesticides and stuff like that. And then you can get to know, like, you know, you get to know where your, uh, your, your food is coming from. So that's pretty much what we do. All right. So that's more of the local farmers that you would, okay, because they, they do have a lot here, and I still do. If I don't go to the farmers, I'll just go ahead, just label, um, you know, uh, organic, I'll go by that. But that tends to be expensive, a little more expensive. Yeah. You know. But, you know, you got to do what's good for your health. I mean, you you, 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 t- you right. get from here, whatever you have to do. And my second question, um, Scott, Mr. Reed was talking about the situation with the, um, the uh, Minister Farrakhan. He was talking in terms of optics, and I just want to know what your take uh, on this. And um, he, I don't know if he had an opportunity. I haven't had an opportunity to view video, uh, but he made a video about him. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. He was praying with police or something, and this was around the Mr. Wilburn case. He didn't go see this gentleman who accused of killing a cop. Uh, out of self-defense or something like that. Have you, are you familiar with that at all? Have you seen the video or have you heard about it? Or it, It's not a video. It's just a still picture. Um, the minister okay. posted to his Instagram account. Well, I'm not going to say he posted it, but his web team posted it to the Instagram account, and then it was posted mm-hmm. to Facebook. And, and the commentary that was included with the picture was that the minister received the uh, Memphis police officers to thank them for, um, you know, his motorcade and whatnot. And I just mm-hmm. said, you know, on my program and on Facebook that the optics of that look bad. When we're out here, you know, battling against these terrorist police, and then this is just ahead of the 1010 uh, anniversary of the Million Man March, is that, you know, that uh, that just looks bad to me. You know, some people may may not see it that way, but Memphis police, because I know people 
activists on the ground in Memphis, uh, former revolutionaries, members of the Black Panther Party who are based out of Memphis. Uh, they have an organization called Black Autonomy Federation. It's a global organization, but they are headquartered in Memphis. And they used to have a program on Black Talk Radio Network, and they often talked about the brutality of the Memphis Police Department and how, you know, they lead the nation in shooting and killing uh, black people. And then we just had uh, Mr. Tremaine Wilburn uh, say that he had to act in self-defense to kill this cop. And and so, you know, nobody's really coming to Mr. Wilburn's uh, defense or publicizing his case. I'm doing the best I can to keep his name out there. And so though, that's the context of which she's asking the question. Right. I just like to know. First of all, if you haven't seen it, you don't have to comment. I mean, you. you I mean, just. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I, I saw it. Okay. Okay. What do you? Yeah, think? I, I saw it. Because. Okay. What was your? What was, I just want to know. You're a young guy. You sound young. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you're, and I, I just know. What do you think it was? That there needs to be some type of damage control done because you know how when people do things in, in in Hollywood they always get their damage control team out to make sure they clean everything up. But do you think it really warranted that, or it was just whatever your words would be to me, actually? Well, uh, well, overall, I mean, you know, uh, we don't agree with one hundred percent. You know, we don't agree with everything that the that the minister says. But we do agree on the idea and, you know, we, we do agree on the idea of, of getting justice and we do, uh, agree on his, a lot of his social issues and stuff like that. Because, I mean, really, yeah, we are young and he's like a grandfather to us, you know, a lot of black men, you know, we love the minister, you know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, there's more things that we do agree on than we do disagree on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just a lot of things that I, I just really can't don't put too much energy into personally, but I definitely am looking forward to going out there to deal with a million plus people and you know to, yeah yeah so I, hopefully I'll see you there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely be there. My organization is called the People's Organization for Progress. You can, uh, We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, uh, the People's Organization for Progress here in, in, in New Jersey. And um, our chair, Mr. Lawrence Ham, he's been with the organization for about, like, founding father of the organization for about like 35 years we're a grassroots organization we're always out protesting and whenever anything comes up we're one thing we do we always hit the street we are a street organization we will take it to the streets that that's one thing about the organization that i <laughs> and we we can't miss him because he he will take it to the street he he is he, he, he i love actually, it i love it he like like um I learned that protest is the language of the unheard, and he makes sure that we, we take it to the street. I don't care how many people out there, he, it, the message has to get out there. So the way in which I saw it, I saw it as I was telling Mr. Reed that I, I just felt like, you know, again, as you say, we are all can disagree, and I do believe Mr. Reed was right when, you know, you did ask, the question was asked, why didn't he? take that visit to see Mr. Wilburn. That that was a question and we mm. all can ask questions. Nobody is above anything yeah. that we can't question anything. And I agree with you, Spinal, that we all can respectfully disagree and and and, and keep it keep it moving. <laughs> so thank you so That's much exactly for talking right. to you. Okay. Thanks. Hopefully I, hopefully 
hopefully I'll see you out there in DC. Uh, look for the Army of Thinkers shirts. to be a bunch of brothers out there with camo t-shirts. And we're going to add you on Facebook. And, you yeah, know, we're going to keep uh, we're gonna keep pushing the line. Wear the yellow t-shirt. You can't miss our bold yellow t-shirts. When you go on our Facebook page, you'll see that we're we're pretty bold. We have our red, uh, black, and green, you know, uh, uh, colors in our t-shirts. And uh, we see yeah. you. So I see you. Okay, thank you so much for talking. Thank you. Thank you for today. calling. All right. Um. So let me uh, just check on um this other line right quick. Um. Yeah, um, all right. So brothers, um I had you had sent this and I'm not sure if I understand this. You said that you wanted to discuss the construct of white. What does that mean? Oh white. Uh white is a uh white is has nothing to do with DNA. It's a social construct. Right. So you know, that's what I have to tell my friends and I have to tell my you know, my so called uh white friends and colleagues that you know, don't get so emotional and caught up on these labels. Like, you know, when I'm talking about white people, I'm talking about that, that, that social construct that started in like the 1600s, you know, mm-hmm. because before then, you know, people identified those, you know, uh, as Europeans, as, you know, they were Irish, they were German. Scott, so, yeah. You know, recent mm-hmm. history, you know, these people, these Europeans came under one umbrella and said that, you know, these social scientists said that, you know, we are going to be white. And when you're white, you're right. You're going to be entitled to credit. You're going to be entitled to land. You're going to be entitled to all these different privileges that the polar opposite is not entitled to, which is black. So if you're white, uh, the, uh what sister said that? She said, uh, 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 if you're white, you're right. If you're brown, you stick around. If you're yellow, you're, me- you're mellow. If you're black, get the fuck back. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, yeah, Dr. Francis uh, Crest Welding. So that's like the, you know, that's like the, uh, you know, that's like the social tier that's in society. So, you know, the, uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he said that the white man was the devil. I agree. That white man, that was that social construct, the white man, that is, that is a devilish concept, you know? Mm-hmm. And these people showed it in their actions. You know, and a lot of people, there's black people that's white-minded, you know. They, they they praise this idea more than their, you know, organic, original self. Yeah, and, I call you know, those day, I, I call those Americanized proxy tools of the racist system. They've been Americanized. And, and, you know, just to give some history, and this is something I just learned in the past year, I watched a documentary on YouTube that... Um, um, man, I might have forgotten the title, uh, but it, it talks about mm-hmm. the construct or the creation or the manufacture of the white race. Um, I will get that information, but we play it like, uh, the documentary on the audio to it, obviously. Uh, we just converted it to an MP3 file and uploaded it, but it talks about the construct of the white race coming out of Bacon's Rebellion. I believe Bacon's Rebellion occurred mm. in the 1500s. And see, see, prior to, prior to chattel slavery being created in the 1600s, Scottish people, Irish people, poor, uh, poor English people that were prostitutes and in the jails and, you know, begging and stuff like, they were, they were enslaved, man. They're calling it involuntary servitude, but they were enslaved. They were enslaved and brought over here in chains just like the African. And so then there was yeah. Bacon's Rebellion. And so what the elite Anglo-Saxon 
British, you know, white landowners or white land thieves did was they saw that a way to drive a wedge in the movement was to create the white race. And so then they elevated these Scots and these Irishmen to be the plantation overseers and the slave patrols. And then later in the uh, mid-1600s, you know, the paddy roller police departments and stuff like that. So, you know, Bacon's Rebellion is, is what I have, you know, um, learned in the past year of how that false construct came up. But but let me share this with you because I had just posted this earlier today. We got a Facebook page and a radio program called Political Prisoner Radio. And I love studying, you know, the teachings of our revolutionaries and, and revolutionary George Jackson. And, you know, for which Black August, uh, that prison movement, he started out there in California, you know, uh, and, and wrote his book, Soledad Brother. This is what he had to say, and I shared this as a meme today on on uh, Facebook. George Jackson right. on the on the system of white supremacy, white people, and proxy racism. Proxy racism is a term that I coined to because I didn't like calling people house niggers and sambos and stuff like that. I wanted a more scientific term to explain non-white people's role in in supporting racism and white supremacy. So I came up with the term proxy racist. All right. So this is what George Jackson wrote in his book, Soledad Brother, on page 221 to 222. He said, the blanket indictment of the white so-called race has done nothing but perplex us and inhibit us. The theory that all whites are the immediate enemy and all blacks are brothers making them loyal is silly and indicative of a lazy mind. To be generous mm. since it could be a fascist plot. It doesn't explain the black pig. There were six on Hampton Clark kill. They're talking about Fred Hampton's assassination. He's saying it was six black cops that participated in that. He went on to say it doesn't explain the black paratroopers, just more pigs who put down the great Detroit riot. And it doesn't explain the pseudo uh, bourgeoisie who can be found almost everywhere in the halls of government working for white supremacy, fascism, and capitalism. So does that speak to also what you're talking about, this false construct or, or the construct of white? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I, I got, you know, I, I know some people, you know, I got some friends who are so-called white, but they're like from, you know, they're they're actually from Europe or they're Swedish. And they're just like, you know, even 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 like some of these white people, they're like, you know, that's like, you know. They make comments like, you know, oh, that's like white people shit. But then, you know, you would think that they're white. You'd be like, okay, that don't make sense. But it does make sense. They understand the social construct. So, like my man George Jackson, he's 100% correct. And, I, you know, I, to me, and I agree with him. Yeah, and, and I feel like that they are are some of them. Now, don't get me wrong. I live in the South, man. So some of these people just they are consciously choosing to be racist bastards, man. But a whole lot of them, though, man, they've been raised since birth to to believe this. And so just like it's difficult for the black masses to break through and achieve consciousness, I feel the same thing for every other group. You know, because, I mean, you look at the Latino community. They got what's called so-called sellouts as well. You know, look at Marco Rubio down there. 
You know, they're taking money from the private prison industry, corporations like the Geo Group, which is based in Florida. Well, we know that the Geo Group is operating all of these prison plantations that they call in immigration detention facilities. So, you know, you're going to have sellouts in every group, but I also say that every person who doesn't look like me isn't an enemy. It is my job to suspect every last one of them of being an enemy until they prove otherwise, but I treat everybody that way. You know, what? what's the great line for public enemy? Every brother ain't a brother because a black hand squeezed on Malcolm X, the man, you know? So that's how I feel about it. I understand, brother. We out here with this gang culture, this 100 days, 100 nights, and it's real. Okay, somebody might have came up with that saying, but the black-on-black violence has not ceased. Matter of fact, right down the street from where I live, two brothers got smoked with their pants down. As in, they were wearing saggy pants. Mm-mm-mm. So, uh, yeah, we we know not every brother's our brother because they they'll roll up on you and scream out a gang. And if you just look the part, you might not get a chance to explain where you're from before you feel that hot lead up in you. Yeah, and and, and so again, white the white supremacist system is is the root cause of all of this but i look at i look at it you know and you probably can identify with it with you being a former military but i'm looking at i'm looking at i call this battlefield america because there's casualties being created every day but if i'm a if i'm in an army and i got on my uniform and then there's another brother another black person and he's wearing the enemy's uniform what the hell i'm supposed to give him a pass and not shoot at him when he's trying to kill me you know, it don't work like that. On There is no brotherhood when you in opposing armies. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, it don't work right. that way in real life on the battlefield. And I just feel like while we do, I, I, it's another thing that I was talking with somebody today. I think that this black unity, it sounds good, but it is unrealistic that you'll never achieve 100% black unity. I think what we're looking for is like-minded people to build a consensus on an issue right you know what i'm saying right. but there's never going to be 100 percent black unity we don't even see that going on in africa you know we we'll don't talk about black no. on black crime right. you got african on african crime so you know right. yay we just got to build with those of like mind that doesn't mean we don't try to deprogram the masses of course we try to deprogram the masses and, and pull them out of that funk that they find themselves in being confused by the system of white supremacy but at the same time when it's time to hit the street man if you want if you in the opposing army hey i'm gonna treat you just like i would any other enemy exactly well brother exactly that's the point we have to come from well brothers we come to the end of of the uh segment um i want to give you both an opportunity to find uh share some final thoughts uh with the listeners and to also once again give out their contact information so uh whichever one you want to go first first i want to hear from well, both I'm of go you first. i'm gonna go first brother okay I, I just want my people to um basically for the for the for the brothers out there who went to the gang culture um I advise you to militarize yourself. If you look at, if you look around at your surroundings, everything is calling towards that. If you got that killer spirit, you got to change that direction from killing your own brothers and sisters and go hit, you know, the fields out there and start training. Train with those killers that you're surrounded with. Education. In military, there is education. It's just not a bunch of monkeys running around with guns. 
we got to have education behind this and, and know how to move as a fleet. Um, my name is Hassan Hayes. I am an army of thinker. I want everybody to go to hoodnewsapparel.bigcartel.com and get you an army of thinkers fatigue shirt and enlist in the army. So we are army of thinkers and we are very real about what we say. Yes, sir. Thank you uh, for having us on. Thank you people for listening. My name is Claudie Godbody. Um, I'm on Instagram uh, with the group No GMO Music. Uh, Instagram.com. You know, uh, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, no GMO Music. Um, and I also, you know, I just want to say that, you know, we all deserve a good quality of life. And, you know, each one teach one, knowledge itself. And, you know, we got to live it up. Well, again, I want to thank you brothers both for coming on. And, and please, Brother Hassan, hey, anytime you got something going on, man, that you want to get out to, you know, through our platform, don't hesitate to contact me, brother. And we're going to have to have you on more often and stay in touch with each other more than we have been doing. But it was great to hear from you. Hey, it was great speaking with you for the first time, Brother God Body. Hey, and I wish y'all nothing but, but success in the movement and anything that we can do to help support. Just let us know. And y'all just stay safe behind these enemy lines, man. Thank you, Brother Scotty. I appreciate, I appreciate you and I love what you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm always reading your posts, man. I'm always listening to you as well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and thank you for the calls that called in. All right. Peace and blessings, brothers. All right. Peace, brother. All right. That concludes uh, our interview uh, with uh, Brother Hassan Hayes and Brother Godbody. And, again, check them out, man. We got to support our people when they out there doing positive things, you know, and they selling the T-shirts and whatnot. So get, purchase a T-shirt so you can help fund their movement, you know, because, again, like I was talking about yesterday, you know, I wouldn't take money from Walmart if they said if they came to us and said, you know, we want to. We want to spend X amount of dollars in advertise on this digital radio station. I wouldn't take that money. I wouldn't take it. All right. And so, you know, in when we have principles and these brothers certainly got principles and we're not taking money from the corporations that have an agenda or they're putting out products that's harmful to our people, then we got we got to uh, fill that void and we got to support them financially. You know, so most definitely get you a shirt, Army of Thinkers, and, um, you know, the Hood News uh, uh, apparel is going on as well. Listen, I'm going to take a break, and in these last 30 minutes, I'm going to hit these news stories. Um, I want to uh, talk about the proxy tool, uh, David Clark, who is being sued right now. All right, he's being sued, and, and he's being sued by a white woman. I'm like, man, the universe is, is, you know, the universe is a trip. He on TV talking all this junk about black people and he's sucking up the white people and, and white racists, not just white people, but white racist supremacists. And now here's a white woman. It seemed like, you know, she about to take him down. I doubt if they allow him to be taken down by this white woman over uh civil rights because they'll look at that white woman as white sacrifice. No, we not going to get rid of David Clark. He's doing too good of a job locking up black people. So, you know, this little white woman, you just one person, uh we'll just sacrifice you to the altar of white supremacy. You know, so we'll talk about that. The racist filmmaker James O'Keefe making headlines again, uh trying to plant people out there in the protests. 
uh saying things like yeah let's kill the police and stuff like that you know uh uh just trying just trying to put a bad name on the movement but again you know again no options are off the table but we don't want, we want to be codified it ain't codified going out there in the streets chanting death to the police and all this and that no we supposed to be moving in silence in, in some of the things that we do you know death to the death to the system death to the oppressors and whatnot but you know just be codified be codified and so that's what they're trying to do is trying to um to they're fighting the propaganda war against the current movement against police terrorism and they are not above planting people in the crowd and using informants and infiltrators to try to you know win the or or cause the black people out there struggling for justice to lose the uh what what do they call it you know the the meet the uh, uh media wars you know uh, the media wars, the propaganda wars. All right, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. Again, broadcasting from behind enemy lines. We'll be right back. Exist in a state of vanglorious as we are protected by the red, the black, and the green. Heed the words of the brother. <laughs> Police the same way. They put their club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court, has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give. My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. This is American justice. This is American democracy. I think that if, you know, like America has ever run out of Vietnam and defeated as they should be in Vietnam, then black people over here will have to, you know, like be in a position where they can defend themselves. Because I think that aggression, that aggression that's being directed against the Vietnamese people will be turned inwardly against black people in this country. See, America, in terms of where she goes and, you know, like who she controls, a whole sphere of influence is diminishing. America is fighting on about five or six different fronts right now. Latin America, you know, like Africa, Middle East, and Vietnam, and here domestically. So I think that, you know, given the system and given that it operates off the military-industrial complex, which means that war is profitable and that, you know, like General Steel, or USS Steel, must make steel for tanks to hire people, you know, to give people jobs to, so they can spend the money to buy other goods. The very fact that the system operates off that principle meaning that means that when the man comes back, when the man is run out of every country, then it will become necessary to wage war in his own country.
You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For live programming schedules, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Yesterday I was talking about Sheriff David Clark. Um, Like I was uh, saying yesterday, me and some of my comrades in the New Abolitionist Movement actually was having a back and forth with this guy on uh, Facebook one day. And, um, you know, we weren't calling him a coon or name calling or anything like that. But we were trying to, to use logic to present arguments to this man to make him see um his role in the system and his role in 21st century slavery and human trafficking but you know unfortunately we were unable to get through uh to this brother so we i'm not let me check that because ain't he ain't no brother of mine but anyway to this black man all right and so we tried to get through to him we tried to reach out to him and so as i played that clip yesterday where he was uh uh acting like these nonviolent protesters out there talking about, you know, hands up, don't shoot. I mean, just being nonviolent, non-threatening as possible. Uh, he's acting like they don't have a First Amendment right to express how they feel. Well, anyway, um, I had sent that video. I tweeted to one of the, uh, protesters who came out of the Ferguson rebellion, uh, the brother by the name, he go by Dale Ray. Uh, on Twitter and so I tweeted that to him and so I started getting responses from people about that uh, video uh, that I shared with you all yesterday and so then somebody sent me this article today about uh, Sheriff David Clark it was published two days ago uh, so this is something that's that's recent now they say that Sheriff Clark has admitted that police are not perfect in which many may agree but this hearing coming after sheriff clark and four of his deputies are accused of a cover-up and remember he was on fox news when he was calling those protesters black slime that need to be eradicated he was on fox news right corporate national fox news right with a racist suspect but see now fox news in 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 uh uh where he's at in milwaukee uh, Wisconsin, I think that's Mil, you know, that's in Milwaukee County. But anyway, the local Fox News affiliate is coming after him for what he did to a white woman. Now, I can't imagine them coming after him if he did this to a black person, if he tried to cover up the crimes and stuff, which I'm sure he probably has. But it's just interesting that, you know, he was, he was all, uh, full of words and, and things to say when he was on Fox News National. But he ain't got nothing to say to this Fox News local affiliate investigating this lawsuit uh, where this crash victim, a young white uh, woman, filed a federal lawsuit against him. So I'm going to let y'all listen to that. A Franklin woman is suing Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark and four deputies accusing them of false arrest and, and much more. This is the latest development in a Fox 6 investigation that really got national attention. Yeah, Fox 6 investigator Brian Polson has been trying for months to get answers from the sheriff. Tonight, right now, you're going to see what happened when he finally caught up with him. 
Brian Paulson, Fox 6. Could I have just a minute to talk to you? No, not really. I'd like to talk to you about Deputy Joseph Keyless. Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark has never been shy about speaking his mind in front of a television camera. Until now. Could you give me just a minute, Sheriff? No. There's a lot of people who have questions. I'm here to help seniors celebrate their day here, okay? I understand. There's an appropriate process for that is to go through my public information office. We tried that five times, in fact, since February 28th. The fifth time, the public information officer wrote, the sheriff will not be doing an interview without explaining why. She has responded. She may have not responded in the way that you liked her, but she did respond, okay? Is there a reason that you don't want to talk about, about that incident? The incident in question is a 2013 traffic crash outside Mitchell Airport. Deputy Joseph Keyless was on routine patrol when he rolled a stop sign and T-boned another driver. Tanya Weicker suffered a broken neck, but that's not all. Keyless's fellow deputies then arrested her for drunk driving, even though tests would later prove she was stone-cold sober. Ms. Weicker's constitutional rights were violated rather severely. On Monday, Weicker stood next to Chicago attorney John Erickson as he announced the filing of a federal civil rights lawsuit against Deputy Keyless, three other deputies and supervisors, and Sheriff Clark. The sheriff is responsible. The lawsuit comes two months after our investigation showed Deputy Keyless blamed Weicker for the crash, then later changed his story. Nothing further to say, sir. Weicker admitted to having a few sips of a friend's drink that night, nothing more, but her injuries were too severe to perform field sobriety tests. Deputy Scott Griffin arrested her anyway and cited her for driving drunk. I explained to him that my eyes are only red and glassy because I was crying. Erickson says his client was treated like a criminal as she laid in a hospital bed in pain. Had to ask for permission to use the washroom in front of a deputy that was uh, keeping watch on her. Video from an airport surveillance camera eventually proved that Deputy Keyless never stopped before turning onto Howell Avenue as he claimed in his report. The sheriff's office knew about the video two days after the crash, but the drunk driving case continued for 10 months before a prosecutor finally declined to file formal charges. A video that exonerated Ms. Weicker was sat on for months and months until the good work of Fox 6. The lawsuit filed in federal court Monday accuses Sheriff Clark, Deputy Keyless, and three other deputies of engaging in a cover-up of Deputy Keyless's role in the crash. And it accuses the sheriff of having a de facto policy of concealing and suppressing officer misconduct through what the lawsuit terms a code of silence. After giving the sheriff months to sit down for an interview, we finally had no choice but to approach him at Serb Hall last month during Senior Fest. Look, there's a courtesy that goes along with being a reporter. There's a professionalism. Apparently, you don't get it. All right, before I run out of time, I'm going to stop it there. This is the last, this is the last person who should be talking to somebody about professionalism. Y'all heard the clip yesterday. Black slime calling protesters. Look, these hands up. Don't shoot people. They are, they are nothing but black slime that needs to be eradicated. This is coming from a sitting elected official. All right, calling people black slime, denying them their rights to First Amendment speech. And not only did he do that, he then asked 
people throughout the United States, because remember, he was on Fox News National and asked them to kick these people out the community, trying to turn the public against these people who ain't doing nothing but protesting the very thing that he's engaged in and now being accused of covering up. So now it comes into context of why he was singling out the White House and the Department of Justice, which just got a new uh, a U.S. Attorney General, Loretta Lynch, you know, a black woman. So, you know, what what is he saying that for? You know, to prepare people for uh, if the Department of Justice opens up an investigation for this systemic corruption and, and crime that is going on in his sheriff's department so that he can then go on Fox News and just say, oh, they just targeting me because I'm I'm not a politically correct guy and I just speak my mind and I shoot from the hip and, and these Black Lives Matter activists, I wouldn't even call them activists, they black lies, you know, Black Lives Matter. And man, this guy the last one to be talking about professionalism. But I just think it's interesting how uh, I wonder why this wasn't brought up on his Fox News interview the other day. You know, I don't. I, that's rhetorical. Of course, I know why it wasn't brought up. All right, because they want to keep this guy as a hero. They don't want to let white racists across the nation know that he targeted a little old white female and tried to set her up on drunk driving charges. Okay, so yeah, they ain't trying to. They ain't trying to destroy his image in the minds of these racist whites who like to hear him engage in anti-blackness but i guess the fox news local affiliate though they were kind of forced to to go in on them because again you know their allegiances to to other white people whether they're racist or not and he ain't white he just half white but his skin is black all right and so regardless of all his anti-blackness, regardless of how he's targeting black people, uh, no, you shouldn't have went after this little white girl. Now we got to come after you. Do you think he'll learn a lesson? I don't think so. I don't think so. So thank you to uh, the people that, that tweeted that video to me on Twitter. Again, it just shows the hypocrisy of people like him. You know, no, these people... They out there, they're not the ones that's, that's, uh, causing police to be targeted. They are not the ones to, to cause the law enforcement to be seen as, as the criminal thugs that they are. No, they're not the ones. How about taking some personal responsibility for your own actions? And so rather than holding his deputy accountable for his crime, for his own actions, no, they went into the gang mode because they are a gang and they went into that no snitching rule and they tried to cover it up. But it's coming out. It's coming out. And I'm glad it's coming out. And it'll be interesting to see how, how this turns out, you know. And again, I have to ask, where are the criminal charges against this guy? Where are the criminal charges against filing a false police report? Where are the criminal charges for false arrest and all of this? Where is the criminal charges for obstruction of justice? And, and you know, so, yeah. This shows you that the system ain't about justice. Now she got to go to the civil court to try to win a, a monetary settlement, you know. And so, yeah, I just I'm glad people share that with me. Now, speaking of media, um, again, um, y'all may remember James O'Keefe. I cannot remember the name of that organization that he went 
uh, after because they haven't been in the news for a long time. But I do remember Shirley Sherrod, who had worked for the U.S. Department of Agriculture and how they edited video to make her seem like, you know, that she was being racist towards white people and caused her to lose her job. Obama administration wasn't interested in what was true and what was just. They just wanted to get ahead of it and just fired this woman unjustly. All right. So anyway, James O'Keefe was the cause of that with his doctored videos. All right. So let me share this article with you from Salon.com. A former top staffer at Project Veritas, a conservative leaning investigative journalism organization run by notoriously slimy James O'Keefe. I think they are also behind the videos uh, with the Planned Parenthood thing, uh, but that's in the news now. But it says that he has he has recently, excuse me, a former top staffer at Project Veritas has recently admitted that he was pressured to oversee an operative charged with embedding with anti-police protest groups and influencing demonstrators to say violent statements on camera, according to the New York Post. So I think they went out there and they hired a black person and paid him some money to do this. But the staffer who's now been fired wouldn't do it. The operative was supposed to say this clunkly, clunky entree into the activist equivalent of phone sex. Sometimes I wish I could just kill some of these cops. Don't you just wish we could have one of the cops right here in the middle of our group? The staffer, Richard Valdez, said that O'Keefe fired him after the operative. Oh, it's the black person who refused to do it. All right. The black the person they tried to act, get to act as a proxy tool of racism, showed the utmost of black respect and refused to do it. All right. And so then Valdez refused to punish him. So they both was fired. Valdez said that O'Keefe was unhappy with me. For being unwilling, unwilling to strong arm the guy to do his dirty work. The operative, excuse me, the operative, excuse me, the staffer Richard Valdez said that, uh, this, this, uh, man, these pop-up ads, man, is killing me. On Valdez's LinkedIn profile, he described his duties. I oversee certain special projects ranging from supervising field operations and recruiting staff to contributing to media releases, research, and producing original video content. Content. It is important to maintain a healthy degree of skepticism about these reports as the New York Post is a snot rag of the media landscape and these claims have not been confirmed by another outlet as of the writing of this article. Why do we need another video to confirm it? I know that that's what I tell people you should check two, three sources, but this guy got a history of doing this. We know this. And so I don't believe this guy's just making this up. All right. And, and yeah, the New York Post is a racist piece of, of, of snot rag. Alright, those are the ones that published the uh, cartoon of a monkey being gunned down by uh, police officers and the monkey was supposed to represent Obama. So New York Post is a racist piece piece of um, a rag that is also owned by the same people that run Fox News. Alright, so I, I don't think they would make this up about one of their fellow racist propaganda artists. I think they might have been forced to 
do this because this guy uh was going to take his story somewhere else. All right. So this is what Project Veritas had to say. They said Project Veritas would never do anything that we believe would incite violence against police officers. Anyone suggesting otherwise is clearly unfamiliar with our body of work. Well, I'm very familiar with your body of work, and I know you are not above setting people up. I know you're not above shooting video and then edit, editing it. And taking stuff out of context, which was discovered with the Shirley Sherrod uh, video. So, again, this is why the work that Brother Hassan Hayes is doing, along with the others that's working with him, this is why, you know, the, the work of Black Talk Media Project is important. This is the why the work of any independent black media producer that is putting out constructive information or, or you know, news, it's important that we support them. All right, because these white people are supporting these these uh type of racist so-called journalists. All right, and we have to combat the propaganda, man. The propaganda is a tool of warfare, and and so yeah. Now I'm not gonna have time to talk about Prison Planet. Um, I'm asking a question: Is Alex Jones a double agent? I've heard that from other people. Um, and they were white people who were saying this guy's a double agent. Does he put out uh, good information? Yes, he put out good information, but he also put out a lot of BS propaganda, too. And I'm asking the question, how are you going to call yourself a, a website, call it Prison Planet, but you never talk about mass incarceration? You never talk about the United States leading the world in incarcerating its citizens. That's because you know the majority of them black and you don't look at black people as being citizens. How are you going? And I've heard him talk about the police state. The first time I ever heard the term police state was back in 1999 from Alex Jones. But here it is in 2015 where there's a mass movement in the street against police state violence. All right. Alex Jones is 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 uh, his website. PrisonPlanet.com is putting out pro police state information and, and and putting out a whole bunch of racist propaganda. OK. And, and so, you know, I have invited this guy, Paul Joseph Watson, who has been writing the bulk of these racist articles, mischaracterizing the current movement against the police state in the street. But of course, he doesn't want to come on. See, they, they'll go, if you are informed, if they think that, you know, you read and you do research and stuff like that, and they can't, you know, just fast talk you and, and BS you, they don't want to come on. They don't want to come. That's why Ben Carson team ain't replied to my request for him to come on, even though they talking about they want to do black voter outreach. We'll come to Black Talk Radio then. And we, you know, our audience is predominantly black. And, you know, a lot of them do vote. So, yeah, I ain't heard from them. Ain't heard from them. Because they probably did their research on me and they know I ain't going to go alone to get along. I don't, I'm not going to kiss your ass or help you, you know, uh, um, uh, obscure the issues and not ask you real hard questions and, and, and question you about the things you said in the past. You know, what's his answer? What's his answer to, uh, uh, police violence in our community? Well, first of all, Ben Carson don't even acknowledge it. All right. But, you know, his answer to solving violence in the community is get your kid a library card. Come on, brother. I thought you was a brain surgeon. All right. 
So anyway, and, and then he wants to eliminate programs like the Pell Grant, food stamps, all things that he was assisted by. But now that he's made it, he wanna cut that, he wanna cut that lifeline off to everybody else. So anyway, I ain't mean to get off on Ben Carson, but, uh, Ben Carson ha- is pulling close to, um, what, what's the other racist dude named, um, uh, Donald Trump. He's pulled, um, within, you know, a few percentage points in polling here recently of Donald Trump. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> whatever they're both still clowns so you know really you know uh politics is all about voting for policy and ain't voting for people all right when you talking about fellow po- uh policy federal policy and whatnot so anyway that's my program y'all stay tuned for tando radio show i did hear from brother dave it was good to hear that he's safe and sound after we didn't hear from him for a couple of days but he is scheduled to do a program here in just a few minutes so with that said um i need to close it out um just recognize the fact that you live in a place that i call battlefield america you live behind enemy lines and casualties are being created every day by the way that that person who got shot down there in texas on video with his hands up that was a white person all right so uh, yeah where 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 is they movement against the police state maybe they like their their uh family members getting gunned down with their hands up by police but anyway People are getting gunned down by police, primarily black people and Latino people. All right. So once you recognize you live in in a battle zone, then you need to develop battlefield awareness so that you can decrease the likelihood that you will become one of these casualties. There's no guarantee. There is no magic pill. There is nothing that I could tell you that will 100% guarantee that you won't become a victim of the of the system because we all are victims in some form or fashion. But you can do your very best to not become a neo-slave in modern slavery and you can do your very best not to become one of these killed uh, in the line of duty of being a black person. All right. So. Do those things, y'all. Do those things, and we hope that you will live a long and prosperous life. With that said, peace and blessings to all. Again, stay tuned for uh, Brother Day coming up with Tando Radio Show. I'm out. We do whatever we do to survive. Drop it. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.